When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, Kill Stokes here. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. If you guys are brand new, thank you for checking out the show. If you're watching it on YouTube, don't worry, it's also available on your favorite music streaming and podcasting app, whether it be Apple or Android. Today, I want to talk a little bit about organization and time management. For you guys that have been following me for a while now, whether it's uh, via the podcast or whether it's the, the trading educational services that I offer, you know that time management and organization has been a major goal of mine because it has recently become a struggle area. Now, it wasn't always the case, right? I, I, I truly believe that hard work pays off. I truly believe that success comes from investing a massive amount of time, energy, and effort in doing the right thing. So if you take the right actions, um, you will become successful. It's just a matter of time. So most of my success in life has come from just working harder than everyone else, right? We had a discussion the other day in the live room about the kind of the, the catchphrase, hey, work smarter, not harder, and, and how that is, it's, it makes sense, but it, it also can be a bunch of BS, right? You can work as smart as you want, but if you're not working hard, if you're just sitting back, being smart and thinking of ideas, you're never taking any action on those ideas. And those ideas will be just that, right? There will be ideas, right? Have you ever had that friend that's like, oh man, I, you know, I thought of that invention before anyone else did and it's not fair that he took my idea. And it's like, well, did you ever do anything to follow through on it? Well, no. Well, then what's the point? You got this super smart idea, but because you took no action, there's no real payoff. So I believe that it's important to work smarter, don't get me wrong, but I think at the forefront of everything, hard work is the most important thing you can do. If you are a hard worker, you will find success. Now, you may find a very inefficient path to success, um, but that's when that's when the working smarter comes in. After you already have that work ethic of, of being able to, to grind and, and, and put forth energy and effort on a specific task, Adding, adding the smart portion of it just allows you to take it to the next level. But again, at the core is working hard. And when I first started trading, that's what I did. Again, I didn't have a family. I didn't have any jobs. I had nothing better to do. I had just 24 hours a day minus eat and sleep. So let's take it down to maybe 16 hours a day, 16 hours a day to invest in my craft. And, and that's what I did, right? I, I put video games aside, maybe an hour a day or on the weekends just to kind of, you know, relax from everything else, get my mind away from trading. Um, but really every waking hour spent 
was focused on becoming good at this specific task, right? For me, it was an urgency, and that's how I work. Um, stop working uh, or the, the, the act of deciding to stop working at my jobs wasn't the smartest decision in the world, but I know that I perform best when my back's against the wall. I perform best when I have to have a, a strict deadline. And I don't mean a deadline where it's like I set it for myself because you can always move that back, right? If you have a deadline and there's no purpose behind it, there's really no purpose of a deadline, right? Same thing like placing a bet. Um, I've always been a believer that if you're going to place a bet on something, the wager has to be painful enough <laughs> that it's worth it. If, if you place a bet for a penny, what's the real purpose of that bet? And that's a, another story. The fact of the matter is, is that I put myself in a position where I had urgency. I had to become successful or I was going to fail. I essentially took the leap of faith to imagine jumping off a cliff and I had to figure out a way to land before hitting the bottom. Um, so it was an urgency deal and every single waking moment um, was spent on becoming a good trader, working very, 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 very hard. And I was able to do that for a very long time because I had no other commitments. But as life goes on, as I went from struggling trader to struggling trader to struggling trader to struggling trader to okay trader to struggling trader again and finally becoming consistently profitable trader to money manager to educator, things started to change, right? As the business aspect of trading took over, time started kind of getting shorter and shorter. You add that to the fact that I got married, you add that to the fact that I had kids and now I have two kids. The energy bar of life that I always talk about started getting massively reduced and I didn't have the time to work um, at the same type of rate that I did in the past, right? Imagine if it, if it took me 16 hours a day of massive action to become good, but now I only have eight hours a day of massive action to become good, right? I'm not going to improve at the same rate uh, doing the same thing. And that was a big struggle to me. It was, it was really difficult adjusting to needing to spend time with kids. And I, I, I apologize for saying it like a chore, but again, I'm a workaholic, right? And, and, and I, I judge things off of, hey, my business provides for my kids. So in a way, I know kids are the most important thing ever, but in a way, if my business isn't going, if I run my business into the ground, my kids don't eat. So it, it, it kind of trumps it in an in a, in a interesting way. But... I was thinking back to days when I was really, really busy and I was really, really productive and saying, Akil, how did you get through this time? And I thought about when I was in college, right? And in college, I, I was an athlete. And you know, here's the thing about an athlete, and this is why I think athletes should be paid. People, people put athletes in the same light as a normal student. Oh, student athletes shouldn't get paid because your normal student is going to school too and, and they're not getting paid. Well, here's the deal. I played at the, a division two level. At a division one, you can times it by 10, right? If you are an athlete, it is essentially a job, right? Because you can't really have, it's hard for you to have leisure activities, hard for you to have a part-time job when you have required practice, when you have re uh, required film study, when you had required study hours, right? Here, here's a look at my day when, when I played football at uh, the collegiate level, right? Five o'clock, Five o'clock conditioning practice in the morning or, or lifting, depending on what part of the season would it, it was. So imagine five to seven. Sometimes it was film study as well. But basically five to seven thirty was something in the morning. Right. And then I had eight o'clock classes. I had classes from about eight o'clock to twelve o'clock. I kind of like to put my I had to put my classes in the in the morning, actually, because we had practice at night. So imagine like eight to twelve uh, were classes. 
You would think lunch would come next, right? You get some downtime for lunch, but during your class break, you were expected, <clears throat> required to, uh, it was voluntary technically, but you had to be there or you were cut. You were, you were required to come in for film study. So another hour of film study between classes, maybe you have a few more classes in the afternoon and then you have practice from say three to six, right? After practice, you have some time for dinner and then a mandatory study hall, at least for your first year until your grades are, um, until you prove that you can have good grades. Mandatory study hall for an hour at night. Before you know it, you're getting home. It's maybe eight o'clock. And guess what? You've got to be in bed. You got to study some more or be in bed by nine because guess what? You've got to wake up five o'clock in the morning and do it again. So it's very, very, very hard to find time to really be a college student to go out and, and, and do activities and to, to have part-time jobs that maybe aren't on campus. My part-time job was working in the dining hall. So I was able to sneak in, you know, an hour in the morning, two hours in the evening, something like that when I could and get free meals as well. But it's very difficult. Now, again, I'm not taking away from the experience. I had a great college experience, but I want you guys to kind of get a, a grasp of what the schedule was. And what's interesting is when, when you're forced with this jam-packed schedule, you get better at some very good skills. And one of those skills is time management. And we do a lot of seminars for student athletes each and every year. And we, we talk about leadership and there, there are values of, of, of being involved in sports. And especially at the college level, time management is key, right? Because you have to go to class. If you don't go to class, you fail out and you can't play because you have to go to practice and all these other things around practice. You get very skilled. You're forced to. You're forced to get very skilled at scheduling your day writing your day out at the beginning and seeing when can you do this, when you can you do that, right? Grabbing a bite to eat was kind of like a, a military task where I'm, I'm drawing up, you know, I'm drawing up all these symbols and signs and arrows on this board. I'm like, okay, I got 30 minutes to sneak in. If I take this route, I can get in before the rush, but then I got to get out. If I head over to the pasta bar first, I'm going to get slowed down in traffic. So I got to go to the protein, hit the pasta bar after it's calmed down. Maybe I have time to get a dessert, maybe not, but then I got to get out the film study. I'm seriously, it, it was it was something where we would sit down and game plan. <laughs> we would move the pieces around and strategically plan it. Um, I've had friends before where a few of us would go to each part. Like I would get all the pasta for about four of us. Someone else would get all of the protein, the meat for about four of us. We'd meet up later at an undisclosed location, uh, the film study room, and then just split it up. It was a serious thing. And I think about college athletics a lot uh, based on my experience, but also because I am a coach now at the collegiate level. And, you know, I, I help people out with this every day. And you guys may not know it, but in general, in general, student athletes perform better than normal athletes. Now, you got to take into account there are a lot of student athletes, especially at the higher levels of college, that probably shouldn't be in school. Maybe they're just in school because they're skilled. You have people that have no intentions of being there. They have to be there just to, you know, to buy out their one year or three years before they can go on to a professional league. But even that taken into account, right? College athletes, student athletes perform better than your normal athlete. Now, not in GPA. So if you take just pure GPA, your grade point average, so your grades, the normal student uh, performs better, right? I would say that the, the, the collegiate athlete, if I remember correctly, the stats, they perform about uh, you know, a quarter of a point less than your, your normal student. Obviously, that changes on school per school, of course, but just as, as a whole. But what's interesting is that student athletes are much more likely to graduate right much more likely to graduate to see out their their four or five years at school than your normal student right 
in Division One sports, right? I remember, I remember these stats because I, I was I started writing a book um, comparing. This was a long time ago. Comparing sports to trading and the amount of uh, you know the the we talk about ninety percent of traders fail and and you know I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but the percentage of um, athletes that play in college that actually make it to professional league. And I was saying, hey, it's harder to make it as a trader than it is to make it as a professional baseball player or something like that. And of course, I never finished because that's how my book writing career has gone. But I remember there was about 86%, 85-86% of Division I athletes graduate from college, right? When you compare that to your normal student population, the normal student population was about 65%. So 20% higher student athlete. And you may say, some of you may say grades is the biggest thing. I don't necessarily think that grades are the biggest thing. In my opinion, grades don't matter too much. It's about graduating. It's about getting your degree. You know, typically on a resume, unless you're in a very specific field, like maybe like science or something like that, or, you know, teaching, you have to have a good GPA. But typically they don't really care what your grade point average was. They, they care about you graduating. They care about your experiences. Were you part of groups and clubs and, and stuff like that? Can you demonstrate that you deserve and have the skill set to work at this job? So um, that's pretty interesting. And, and, I, and I think that I think that number comes from just that focus on organization where your normal student has so much downtime, right? You may have two classes a day. You may have 10 hours of nothing to do. So much downtime where they can procrastinate. I'll, I'll study later or I'll do this. I'll go to this party where, where the student athlete has to be kind of more focused on their task. It allows them to perform better. So when I, when I started thinking about that, I, I started organizing my day kind of similarly to when I was a student athlete, right? I always go through different type of planners, right? I have like 18 different apps on my phone. I've got like 14 different apps on my computer. I've got a bunch of different stuff, but I always come back to the same thing and it's putting pad to pen. It's it's writing it down. I don't know the scientific reason why you guys can can put it in the comment section or shoot me a message on the Twitter or Instagram about it. But when you physically write something down, it has to do something with the transference from your brain to your pen, to your eyes, back to your brain. But when you physically write something down, you are more likely to retain it. Um, it's, it's, it sticks with you further than just typing it in. And again, um, seriously, if you, if you guys know the answer, I'll probably Google search it later. But if you know the answer, I, I'd love for you to, to tweet it at me or, or let me know because I think it is interesting. But I think it's something with when you write something down, you have to think about what you're writing and it has to go from your brain to your hand, right? Your, 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 your movement onto the paper. As you write it, you're seeing it. That's visual. It's going back from your eyes, back to your brain. And it's just like the, the process of going through it, you know, multiple times. But that's what I started doing. And I started using a, a physical organizer once again. And at the end of each night, I game plan for my day ahead, right? I have my, my list and we've, we've had a few podcast episodes talking about organizations. We won't go too deep into that, but I have my list of what I need to get done. I have my list of kind of meetings and assignments and, and, and what my, my kind of my, my pending schedule. So stuff that I don't have flexibility over. I always have flexibility, but stuff that like if, if I, if I scheduled a meeting, I can't just day of be like, Hey, I'm not going. So stuff that's, that's in pen. And then I write it out, right? I fit the tasks that I have to do within the blank spots of that area. And I've become a lot more efficient. I get a lot of stuff done. In fact, today I'm, I'm so ahead of it right now. I got done the live room about 10 o'clock and I had nothing to do. I started working on stuff I was supposed to do next week, right? So I'm ahead of the curve. And one thing that I started working in there, and this was something that I forgot at once, was family time, right? 
for a while I was working in, uh, I had a, an office in the city, which I loved. I, I, I did plenty of podcasts on the luxuries of not working at home. Um, but I have moved back. I have moved back to the home office. So I'm, I'm dealing with kids again. And something that I started putting into my schedule, and I got this from Jason Greystone. I've, I've spoken to him a lot, just uh, not just as a, as, a, as a trader, not just as a business partner, but as a friend, as someone. He's got two older kids, so I, I often look to him for parental advice. And he said that when he was in the grind mode, right, and he's always in the grind mode, but when he was in that really kind of 18 hours a day, immerse yourself mode, um, one of the things that he purposely did because he, he found himself getting away from life was scheduling his family time. And I never used to do that. I used to just be like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll do family time, you know, when I get home. But when I get home, I do, okay, I'm, I'm going I'm to do it after I do this, right? I started scheduling my family time. And, and I knew for me personally in the, in the, in the, the afternoon or morning slash afternoon, I do it around my lunch break, right? I schedule myself an hour for a lunch break. So I get away from the computer. Usually something is uploading. That takes about an hour and a half anyway. I get away from my computer and I eat lunch. Now, I'm a fast eater. I like to say I eat military style. So if food's on the plate, it's in my mouth within five minutes. My wife yells at me, did you even chew it? And I'm like, it doesn't matter if I chewed it. You never know when the war is coming. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I do it real quick. And whatever time I have after lunch, I play with my kid. I tell my kid, I, I, I set him up. I work with kids before with like uh, that were on the spectrum autism. So I know all about prepping them and scheduling the importance of that. So I said, hey, daddy's going to eat lunch. He's going to take a shower. Then I'm going to play with you, right? So he, he's aware. Um, and that way he doesn't kind of bother me while I'm eating lunch. He kind of knows, okay, well, after dad's eating lunch, then I get to play. And what I'll do is I'll do two things, right? One, I'll put a timer up so he knows. That's more so for him. So he knows, hey, we have 45 minutes, we have an hour, we have 30 minutes, whatever it may be to play, and we can, we can kind of maximize it. Because you know kids get distracted sometimes. They start watching TV. I'm like, hey, this is our playtime. Let's do this. Um, but I also make sure to remove my phone. Because we're in a day and age where we're glued to our phone, right? Many of you are listening to this on your phone. You're probably scrolling through some other social media platform while this is going on. Yeah, I caught you. I caught you, right? We're glued to our phone. And I don't know about you guys, I find myself checking my phone even when stuff doesn't go off, right? We have bells and whistles for all of our notifications for Twitter messages and emails and text messages and voicemails, right? Ding, dong, ding, right? All that fun stuff, right? I'll find myself where nothing even goes off, but I'm just looking at it. I'm checking it just to make sure. It's become like a, it's, it's a, it's a habit. Very similar to like you, similar to you grabbing like a cookie every time you walk past the kitchen, right? You don't want it. You just kind of, it's there. So you kind of do it. And I found that when you put the phone away, and you can do this not just for the kid time, but for, for a specific task um, as well, when you put the phone away, you are much more efficient. And this was a lesson that I learned a couple of years ago. I, I broke my phone uh, on New Year's, New Year's Eve, right? It was before a wild party, not during a wild party, but before a wild party, I was, I was cooking for a party we were hosting and, you know, I got in the zone by cooking and hit the phone and it fell on the floor and I broke it. And I tried to take it to the store and I was about two minutes late before the store closed. So essentially I was phoneless or actually I, I took it to the score, the store and they, they made the call to get me a new one. But when they made the call, it was a minute too late for them to ship me a new one right away. So I had to wait about basically a week, a little under a week to get a new phone. And I was going crazy because I'm like, I'm phoneless. Most of my, my work is done off of phone, my contacts, all the stuff. And, and, Believe it or not, it was the most relaxing period of my life. I was so efficient when I didn't have any phone. 
because there was I never got distracted, right? I had my to-do list, I had my task, and I would just do them without interruption. And that was a lesson for me to, when you're doing stuff, put the phone away unless you need it, right? Put the phone in the other room, put it on mute, get away from it, schedule a time, schedule, hey, I'm, I'm gonna spend an hour away from my phone handling X, Y, and Z, and don't check your phone for an hour. And I guarantee if you try that, your, your, your efficiency is gonna, is gonna increase by percentage points, right? Double digit percentage points, so give it a try. But those are a few things that I've learned just uh, throughout my experience, and I'm always trying to get better, so um, I'm always looking for, I'm always reading articles, I'm always looking what you guys uh, say and what you guys do, but um, it's a task, it's a full-time job to be a parent, it's a full-time job to be a trader, it's a full-time job to be an educator, it's a full-time job to be a track coach, a full-time job to be a husband. Basically, it's about five full-time jobs and it's very difficult to manage. So the importance has to be organization. Organize yourself and there's no excuse for not getting anything done, right? If you know what you want to accomplish beforehand and you write it down and you're disciplined enough to do it when you're supposed to, nothing can stop you. Mm -hmm.